0: This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers.
1: And now keeping himself with Martinez
0: 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge, runs in from 15 yards, out tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Resets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three, got it! Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land, and a good time was had by all.
2: Good Saturday morning. Happy 4th of July. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour.
1: It is gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a nice weekend. Happy 244th day since treason, Americans. Year? Day, year? This is America. Great start. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, happy Independence Day. Yeah. Good stuff.
2: Happy, Happy anniversary, United States of America. No, happy anniversary. Happy birthday. We're just both off. Let's start this over, Kenny. Um,
1: (laughs) Hey, we've got it from
2: the top. Yeah, we've got a good show. We really do. And it's a shame that that started out that way. Uh, We're going to have Aaron Polenski. Uh, Caleb caught up with him uh, yesterday. Former Husker baseball player, Papio South. Um, He is a New York Yankee now. And he's going to chat with us about all of that, how that went down. Still had eligibility with Nebraska uh, but but couldn't pass up an offer uh, to go pro, so uh, we'll we'll see what he says on that. Uh, we're gonna replay our uh, Heinrich Harburg interview from May 30th, um, catching up with the Nebraska quarterback commit for the 2021 class, and uh, our position previews continue today as well with the defensive line. We did offensive line yes uh, last week, uh, so that's all ahead. Uh, but first, let's let's first just go over the fact that Nebraska Lincoln wherever you are whoever is listening we will never put this show on cruise control <laughs> not once not even if we're in our second year and it gets rolling and we think we're we're getting we're getting pretty good we're not going to let this go to cruise control caleb
1: did did i did i miss a reference did did someone go into cruise control this is scott frost talking about adrian martinez uh. in the second season That's right. I've just tried to push that as far out of my mind as possible. That I was like, nope, he was hurt. And that is the only reason he didn't take the year off. He didn't try to just say, nope, I've got the starting job. We can just let it ride. Tried to push that out of my mind. And now it's back. Well, I'm sorry I had to do that to you. I just,
2: you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of news that came out earlier this week regarding Nebraska. Last Saturday, if you remember, we were talking about how, look, Nebraska is not going to talk about their coronavirus statistics their testing anything like that. And then on Monday, they released numbers that that reported that
1: the athletic department had 250-plus tests. Well, and the World Herald had run a story as well yeah. that said, hey, by the way, Nebraska isn't releasing any of their numbers, as we hear about all of these places that are releasing, how big their numbers are. South Dakota State, we even talked about how they weren't testing at all. Yep. What's Nebraska doing? And then Coach Scott Frost sits down with the World Herald and the Journal-Star and says, these are what our numbers are. Yeah. Must have had
2: that... Uh, Somebody must have found those those numbers and we're about to we're about to put it out there so Nebraska's like, Oh, you know what, we're gonna let's, anyway.
1: Let's throw Coach Frost out there, which by the way, those numbers for those that haven't heard, since April, more than two hundred fifty within the athletic department have been tested multiple times. Eight total positives, positive, six of those within the football program, uh, five of those players, one a staff member Uh, Most of those have have recovered since. Those aren't all like eight positives right now. Those are eight since the beginning of April. Um, And I believe they've been testing since like April 2nd or April 3rd. And as I talked this week with with Jack Mitchell on K Today with Jack and Friends, when you think back to that very first week in April, we were still figuring out what testing capacity was. Mm -hmm. You were still figuring out how many people could even get tested each week, let alone each day and Nebraska has been testing since that since that time. Yeah, so so those
2: numbers come out, that's that's good to know. We didn't think we were going to have any insight into that, but but now you know. Um the the quotes uh that that Scott Frost gave to uh the Lincoln Journal Star um in a a story on uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday to Steve Sipple. It was the the cruise control one uh, just that he went into cruise control with with him being in his second year. Uh, Year two, because of the situation, I think he was able to put it in cruise control a little more, and I think that showed up on the field a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's not to put everything on him. There's a lot of things he couldn't control, but I don't think he'll be lax in his preparation ever again. Kind of surprising that Frost, even if he thinks that, would say that. I I did not see a comment like that coming
1: from the headman. No, especially because what has the storyline been um, obviously in year one it was oh look how great this true freshman is um, and then k- kind of he, w- he was hurt a little bit, some things went went the wrong way, but then in year two it was, well there's nothing this coach, just from seeing things on social media and the message boards the talking point was this coach is not going to do anything to hurt the reputation of his quarterback he's going to defend him no matter what is happening, yep. um, even if even if everyone can look at it and say, hey, this is indefensible what you're what you're trying to defend, he was just going to do it anyway and stand up and say, Nope, this is my quarterback, this is I'm gonna be stubborn, this is who we chose. But now it comes out and he says, No, I think I think he was a little laxed in his preparation. So yeah, very much I didn't expect to see that. Yeah, and and revealing. I
2: mean, and, and look, we know the injury injury was there. We don't know all the specifics, but we know he had off season shoulder surgery. Um that's part of Maybe the regression from year one to year two as well, but the the fact that he's at you know willing to come out and say that that he might have been on cruise control, mm-hmm. uh, that that's going to require a little bit more discussion uh, in the off season, and uh, we'll get to the quarterback preview uh, eventually as well. Um, as I said earlier, uh, D line preview is early, is uh, later this morning. Uh, we're going to talk with Heinrich Harburg as well, uh, but next up, Aaron Polensky, former Husker, now current New York Yankee. Uh Caleb caught up with him yesterday. We're gonna chat with Aaron uh, to see how all that process went down here uh, with missing out on the almost the entire college season and then signing a pro contract. All of that and more coming up. Yes, I am wearing my eight-year-old daughter's glasses. Thank you very much. And we are rolling here on a 4th of July morning. Thanks for being with us. This is the K Lion Husker Hour.
0: Hey, Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Rolling along here.
2: Hope everybody had a fun night. Last night is kind of an unofficial official start to the weekend with July 4th being on a Saturday. That Friday gets pretty crazy. Heard a few more fireworks last night. Yeah, so did my dog he was he's not he's not a big fan we have two dogs one of them's fine the other one not not happy with it so turned the it, fans up at, at our apartment Turned the fans up we had to turn the uh, the music on in the one-year-old yeah. room but
1: we made it through and and here we are on the fourth so also from the third though i was able to sit down and talk with uh, former husker baseball player aaron polensky who was able to sign free agent deal with the yankees just a couple weeks ago but as we know earlier this week minor leagues got closed down as well we talked about that and a number of other topics as well here is former husker aaron polensky i mean How's your, how's your summer been? It's been a very different summer coming out of the spring and obviously now got the Yankees cap on. Just for <laughs> folks that maybe haven't heard because there's been a lot of things going on, what, what has life been like for Aaron Polinski?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, this is probably the first summer since I was like eight years old I haven't been playing baseball. So it's really, really been weird. Um, it's kind of been, it's, it's been kind of hard to get into a rhythm just because I'm used to like, I'm used to going to the ballpark every day. So like not having that, it, it's just, it's just kind of weird to just, just, every day is just weird. Um, you know, I'll usually, uh, go hit in the morning around nine or 10 with my dad. He, he throws to me, um, will we have gym in my basement. I'll lift in, uh, in the late morning, early afternoon. Um, and I've just been spending a lot of time with family, uh, you know, you know, really, we, we've we been hanging out uh, quite a bit, you know, we usually get together on Sundays as like, oh, like, everyone, like all my siblings that are married and everything. So I mean, it's it's been it's been relaxing. But you know, at the same time, I'm really itching to get back to playing.
1: Yeah, let's let's go back a couple weeks, as well as the news that we got this week, there's not going to be a minor league season, at, at least for the majority of what the minor leagues have been the major league baseball cut everything back because of COVID to a a five-round draft, so that cut out 35 rounds. You did end up signing as a free agent with the Yankees organization. Take us through, through that from going and seeing how the draft went to signing with the Yankees to this week hearing about the minor leagues and then kind of what your plans are for the rest of the summer. What are you hearing from the organization? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so leading up to the draft, I actually had more than half of the teams uh, contact me. Um, you know, they weren't like saying like, yeah, we're looking to draft you in this round or anything, you know, they were just, you know, touching base. Um, a couple said that like, we'll be, we'll be calling, uh, after the draft, if you, if you're still available, uh, you know, if you hadn't been taken yet. Um, so, you know, I was sitting watching the draft and I mean, nobody, no team actually said like, Hey, we're looking to draft you. So, you know, I wasn't expecting to get drafted, but I was still a little, I was still a little disappointed when I didn't just, I mean, it's natural. Um, but then on, so the draft ended on, I think on a Friday, maybe a Thursday or Friday. And then Sunday was the first day that teams were allowed to contact you since. And then within 10 minutes, I had five teams calling and, and offering me a Um, and so, uh, that, that was really cool. Yankees obviously being one of them. Um, and you know, they said, you know, this is what we have for you. You know, we really, really want you, um, take as much time as you need. You know, if you need to take all the way to August 1st, which is technically the, the period of, like, you can't sign anymore, um, you know, then do it. So I was really glad that, you know, they, they didn't put too much pressure on me. And, uh, you know, now what they're saying is uh, in sometime in the fall, best-case scenario, middle of August, we're going to go down to Tampa, Florida, to the spring training facility, and uh, train there, you know, work out, get some baseline testing, and, um, and have, like, an instructional league. So kind of like a spring training in the fall.
1: So, uh, yeah, as they've got the uh, summer camp now, possibly spring training in the fall, everything's kind of thrown out of whack right now.
3: Mm-hmm, yeah, it's, it's really weird. So
1: we'll, we'll, con- we'll contrast that as we're, as we're talking with former Husker Aaron Polenski um, getting his professional baseball career underway. He said within 10 minutes we're getting a number of phone calls that had about half the league contacting you, saying that they were uh, watching you, not necessarily for the draft, but possibly as a free agent. Compare that to when you were coming out of high school where you had the the one Juco offer. Um, how much different did that feel then being that 17, 18 year old coming out of high school? And, and what did you think colleges were looking at your game and seeing what you most needed to improve that obviously you did over a few years?
3: Yeah. You know, I, I really like like you said, I had one offer, you know, I really wasn't very highly recruited. Um, you know, I wasn't, I think one thing that was maybe lacking was my size you know i I mean I'm still five ten uh but you know I was five ten five eleven you know depending on if I'm wearing shoes or not <laughs> yeah,
1: um that, that always makes a big difference
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah you know i i've since my senior year of high school I've gained over twenty pounds, so I think I was just a little undersized and and you know schools may not have liked that. Um, you know, I didn't really pass the eye test, you know, I'm not blazing fast. I don't have a cannon arm. So I just think that maybe, you know, turned away, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of scouts or not scouts, uh, colleges, colleges eyes. Um, you know, I've always had the raw ability to hit, you know, which I feel like is is very important, but still like it must not have been enough to where teams, you know, you know, were knocking down my door and, you know, I remember my brother, my oldest brother, Caleb, he, uh, when he was in college, he had a, uh, like a meeting with, I think it was a white sock scout, but I'm not sure it was with a scout. And he said it was just really, really awkward because he just felt like, like he never saw himself in that position. He just felt like it was really weird to talk to a professional team. And I remember him talking to me like shortly after that, he said, you know, Aaron, when you're my age and this is not going to be an awkward situation for you, you're going to be having these conversations regularly. And so I was nervous for my first, uh, for my first meeting, which was with the Giants way back in the fall, and since then I, I talked, like I said, I talked to over the half the teams, and it wasn't weird. It was really cool because, like, it was almost like I would get a phone call every other day, be like, "Hey, this is my name is blah 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 with this team," and it was just like, I don't want to say it was normal, but it wasn't. It wasn't weird, so it, it was. It was really a cool feeling to to come that far.
1: How different does it feel? Getting those phone calls from professional scouts, professional teams, uh, to what a being recruited out of high school because it's it feel I mean it sounds like it's essentially the same thing they're recruiting you saying hey we're kind of thinking about picking you up um, and obviously professional it, there's a little bit different process but how what were the similarities for that
3: yeah I mean really it's, like you said it's the same thing they're they're recruiting you you know they they want to get to know you they they want to you know talk to you know your past coaches see what kind of player you are and it's 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 just it's kind of one and the same but but it's just a different level so it's funny how when I was being recruited at a lower level, I wasn't very highly recruited where now I was being you know called by at the highest level in baseball, and I mean my phone was blown up, so it's 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 really it's just really weird
1: (laughs) well let's aaron let's dive back into the the spring here uh because you were getting you're having all those conversations as far back as the the fall but you get into the spring you're hitting well and then everything stops what what did it what did the spring look like through your eyes um up from go ahead and starting at baylor Uh, to coming out and you guys putting up, what was it, 11 runs in the very first inning, the top of the first to start the season. Things look great, Will Bolt era, Um, (laughs) and then a little bit uh, rockier road for a couple things, but you guys were playing at home on a Wednesday, and then everything stopped. What what did that look like through your eyes?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I remember, like, before COVID kind of hit, I remember seeing all these things on Twitter. I'd be like, what is the coronavirus? Is that like, like, what is that? And, and my roommate's kind of a little bit more into that. He, he was saying like, dude, like, this is actually a really, like, this is worse than Ebola or whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, so then, you know, the weeks go on. It's getting a little more and more serious. Uh, the NBA cancels our season. Uh, and he goes, dude, our season getting canceled. Like, it's, there's no way we play. And I'm like, and we're about to leave to go to Wichita State at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember sitting in our basement. Talking like about what's going to happen. And I'm like, there's no way our season gets canceled. Like that, that just can't happen. Sure enough, not an hour later, we get the call saying, Hey, we're not going to Wichita State. And then later that day, or maybe the next day, our season's canceled. And it's just like, it, it was just really sucky. Cause I felt like, you know, our team was going to do really well. Cause, you know, we were starting to catch fire. I felt like I was going to on track to, going to be on track to have a good year and, and, you know, maybe get drafted.
1: You were in the first season of Will Bolt. You played under um, Darren Erstad as well. How did both of their coaching help you get to where you are today? And then also, how are things different between the two of them?
3: Yeah. um, You know, my first year coming out of junior college, so my sophomore year uh, being under Coach Erstad, I feel like was very beneficial for me because, one, coming from JUCO, just, you know, getting down to, you know, just the raw baseball, you know. It's just training your butt off, working hard. You know, it's I junior college, so they don't have all the nice stuff in the world. Um, so it's just getting the cages every day and just work. We're coming to Nebraska. You know, we got everything. We got everything an athlete would ever need. Um, so it, it was really a weird change. And then having having Coach Erstad, who who played, you know, ten plus years in the MLB. Just having that great baseball mind around. It was just really for me it was just the perfect uh next step in, in my development uh as a baseball player because you know I'd already trained myself to work hard and you know get my body in shape. But now that I got all of this all this stuff that could ever help an athlete succeed, it it was really like I said, the perfect next step. And then, you know, the next year under Coach Bolt, I felt like I felt like that was another great step because he he coached at a Juco. So he kind of knows Juco and it, it honestly, it kind of brought me back to, you know, just getting back to, you know, not really thinking about, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Like sabermetrics? I don't know. And just really just getting down, you know, working hard again. You know, I'm not saying I, I got lazy or lost my edge my sophomore year. I just felt like I I kicked it up to a whole new level my junior year, you know, training harder in the weight room, you know, taking more reps in BP and, And, you know, I feel like Coach Bull had a big part of that because, you know, he was all about, you know, hard work, you know, you know, playing with your hair on fire, you know, just out there, out competing all the time.
1: Last minute here with Aaron Polenski, former Husker baseball player, working on getting his uh, professional career started in a different way than anyone else's had their summer get going. Now, being a Nebraska kid, uh, Coach Will Bolt has been bringing in, it's been an influx of in-state kids, committing, uh, transferring to the program, just a... What what have you thought of seeing all of that and Coach Bolt really putting up a fence around the state of Nebraska? Um, and then where do you see the, this program going the next couple of years under Coach Bolt, who didn't really get his first full season in?
3: Yeah, you know I'm I'm really really happy um, seeing all these in-state kids commit because you know there's really really good talent in Nebraska, and you know we we shouldn't be losing those those kids to. To out-of-state schools, you know, we should be getting the best, you know, first first pick at all the Nebraska kids, and I'm really glad to see that that Coach Bull is really highly recruiting in-state guys, and I think that's really going to pay off because you know the kids grow up watching Nebraska baseball; they want to play for Nebraska baseball, so they're they're going to play harder, they're going to they're going to work harder than here than they would anywhere else because you know, yeah, you know LSU or Texas or Florida; those are great schools. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they grow up watching Nebraska. They don't grow up watching those other schools. So they they want to work harder for Nebraska, for the home state, for their for their family.
1: Aaron, we'll we'll close it with this. You got the season and a half at Nebraska as the as a the home state kid under two different coaching staffs. What was your favorite part of putting on the end, playing for big red in Lincoln?
3: Really, my favorite part was just having my family come to every single home game and even some of the away games because, I mean, from my house in Omaha to Haymarket was maybe an hour and five minutes, if that. Um, so it was just really, really special having my family in the stands at every game, cheering me on, cheering on the whole team. And, you know, it's something that I'm forever proud of.
1: I, say, I kept saying former Husker, but Aaron, I know in your heart you know you're always a Husker, so we, we mm-hmm. appreciate your time here on a KLIN Husker Hour. Looking forward to following your progress through the Yankees organization um, and anywhere else that it happens to take you in baseball. Thanks again for coming on.
3: Yep, thank you so much for having me.
1: There you go, Aaron Polensky, former Husker. And as he alluded to in there in the, towards the beginning, going to have some fall ball is what they're trying to get going. So with the minor leagues being shut down, the organizations are still trying to get their farm systems going. Um, so excited to see where he goes, and he's obviously also excited to see what Coach Will Bolt has been doing here with in-state kids in Nebraska.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, for a kid like that to come out of the state, like you said, with one offer, and it was to junior college— uh, to be able to develop as much as he did at you know the one year at JUCO and then at Nebraska, uh, really one of the best offensive contributors on the team. Uh, it it speaks to just you know not every guy is going to be a known commodity coming out of high school, no matter the sport. You got late bloomers all over the place, uh, and a guy like that to be able to put in the work and and to have you know like you said a dream come true to be able to go pro. Um, play for Nebraska and, and get to the majors. Um, not well. Get to get to a major league organization. Hopefully gets to the show as well. But that's um, a pretty cool story. Especially for as you said, you know, Will Bolt trying to keep Nebraska kids here. That's a great story to tell. Uh, to be able to say, look at that guy from Papio South. Um, didn't come here directly. Went the junior college route, but you know we're going to keep a closer eye on anybody who's from this state.
1: And if you happen to miss any of that conversation, we'll have it up podcast at klin dot com as well. Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right. Well, that was cool. Let's uh, let's switch gears. Next segment, we'll get into our positions, position previews, defensive line today, offensive line last week, D line today. We're getting the big guys out of the way first, and then we'll uh, then we'll get into the other stuff. Uh, and yet to come, we're going to have our conversation with Heinrich Harburg from May thirtieth. Um, that will be on uh, a little bit later as well. If you miss that, you'll have a chance to hear or see that. Of course, we're on Facebook Live right now. If you head over to the Facebook page, you want to see us. We're in our lovely Independence Day garb, stars and stripes, and red, white, and blue, and whatnot. Uh, we got a lot more to cover. Stick with us in the KLIN and Husker Hour.
0: Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Our thanks to
2: Aaron Polenski, New York Yankee, Aaron Polenski, for joining us last segment. If you missed that, uh, you can always head to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can follow uh, us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at KLI and uh, and you can head to the Facebook page right now. If we you're not all watching already. We all like the Yankees on Independence Day, right? No, no. I mean, I'm 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 partial to you know being an American on Independence Day, but I'm still not a fan of the Yankees.
1: Yeah, but the Brits—that's what they call Americans, Yanks. It's Yankees. Twenty, Caleb, and I'm not a fan of their baseball
2: organization. I'm just saying. I don't. I, they, the name's fine, but you're not going to get me to twist my. You're not going to twist
1: me around and cheering for the Yankees. So we're not. We're not day. Patriots, even though they don't have Tom Brady. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Fine. Stop. i was just trying to make us all Aaron Polinsky fans here, hey, All right.
2: That that's fine. That they chose these great names for themselves, and they're trying to pull at the heartstrings. It's not going to work. The Yankees and the Patriots. No.
1: All right. Stay royal yeah
2: I will okay don't don't no problem there um all right let's let's <laughs> dig into uh, some d line stuff here so last week, uh we did the offensive line, yeah, and we did not talk at all about who they lost because they didn 't lose anybody <laughs> that's very different with the 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 preview today, so just to get out of the way, you obviously have Darian Daniels, who was a grad transfer from Oklahoma State, uh, and then Khalil and Carlos Davis davis twins go in the nfl draft uh, daniels and lamar jackson uh, were the only other guys who signed uh, a a free agency agreement um, so far so those three guys lost that's a lot of production mm-hmm. you still have a pretty good sense of who's going to be starting though i think uh with damian daniels darian's younger brother in the middle uh ben stilley and then DeAndre Thomas on the outside. Still, he got quite a bit of starting experience already. Yeah. Um, and, and DeAndre Thomas played in all 12 games last year and played a little bit um, the year before as well. So he's, he's got experience. Those are your likely starters on that defensive line. Um, and I, I think you've got a good group there. That's a good starting point, I think.
1: Yeah, and this, this defensive side of the ball, we saw a number. Of, there were some times that um, I know it was it was Carlos that didn't play in the Iowa game, correct?
4: I honestly for, for, don't yeah it,
1: it was one yeah. of it was one of the Davis twins. Yeah. One of them didn't yep. play, but you also saw some times where maybe someone got banged up, you had to rotate some guys out of there. So, who starts on the defensive line? That that does get rotated a little bit more yep. than some of your other positions. So, where do you go from there? Who are the next guys to step up? Um I do think and let's just start with this, although you've got like there's a lot of upside with Marquise Black and Nash Hutt- Ma- Huttmacher coming in as freshmen. Mm-hmm. I think the plan is going to be to redshirt those two. I think, although so. although Huttmacher, when you look at him, he's what like a four-time wrestling cha- or three or four-time state wrestling championship, yep. state champion, uh, two-time track and field state champion. He's rated nationally as a wrestler. Yep. he's a big guy who can move some people. I still think the plan is going to be. To redshirt him, but this is the same thing we said last week with the offensive line when we were talking about Turner Corcoran. If you happen to get them in in a couple of games, you have those four games to play with. Maybe you see something happen and you go, oh, man, we got to get this guy out there. Yeah, that, that gives you that flexibility. I mean. But as we look at the rest of the, the names there the There is a lot of depth that could be ahead of them for them to have to jump, yep. uh, specifically looking at the detago keem green got some got some run late in the year, and not just the the coaches were complimentary of him, the players were complimentary mm. of Keem after a couple of games and seeing what he was able specifically after the Iowa game, yep. uh, because he got thrown out there, having to go out and move around a little bit, cover for whichever Davis twin it was that was out of the Iowa game. So I think Keem is going to see a little bit more run, also staying with the D D-tackle. Jordan Riley got some run last year, too. I think he'll, again, looking at this defensive line, there's gonna, they're going to get shuffled so much. We're going to talk about, we, we pretty much have the three starter set, yeah. but there's going to be a lot of guys rotate through on this side as opposed to on the offensive line where we said if they can just stay five out there they're just gonna stay five out there
2: yeah the offensive line there's no rotation whatsoever <laughs> the defensive line you want to go eight nine deep yeah it's 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 funny um yeah so depth wise you're right i mean that's that's part of why you can afford to red shirt nash huttmacher um because even even though he may be more in a position to play as a defensive lineman as a true freshman um than anybody who's been in this program for a little while you don't want to have to rely on that. So you do have that four-game redshirt rule to let him get his feet wet, but ideally you want him to still get his body even more prepared mm-hmm. um, for action. So looking at who you would you know, maybe likely see uh, as far as guys rotating behind those three, uh, Daniels, Stilly and Thomas. Keem Green obviously won. Uh, Ty Robinson got a lot of run last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, he's a big dude, 6'6", 3'15", uh, is what he's listed at. Uh, and and so he's, he's definitely somebody that you can see contributing quite a bit uh, from the end position, stopping the run especially, uh, but setting the edge and, and just helping those outside linebackers get around the edge uh, on pass rushing situations as well. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Riley at a junior college. You see what he can do. Fildarius Darius Payne. Might be an under the radar guy.
1: Yeah, I as I was going through kind of newcomers, I, I looked down. And I went. I completely left off Fildarius Payne, mm-hmm. the the later JUCO signing. Very the class. late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: he, he's almost an afterthought if you think about how he joined the program. I think it was late March. Yeah, uh, it, or not maybe late March, but earlier. I don't know if it was pre or post pandemic. Actually, I, it was still pre. It was pre pandemic. Well, okay, so late March, early late late February or early Correct. March. At any rate the 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 way that his his coach talks about him is look he's going to rush the passer and he's going to get around whoever you put in front of him, um, which is something
1: I know you have talked a lot about needing a pass rusher
2: and I don't care if it's not an outside linebacker if just someone get end, there yeah somebody get home I mean <laughs> that's that's all and and Casey Rogers is another guy uh, he was a big lacrosse player out east uh, he's he's kind of. Dug into football the last couple of years what well, you know it was a year before he came here and, and then he's got a, a year in the program now uh, don't see don't know that you'll see him more than Ty Robinson but you you will see him rotate in pretty heavily as well um, and and those are your those are your likely contributors uh, i look it, to have a guy like Keem Green be able to have junior college experience uh, and then come in have a little bit of experience last year and be able to spell Darian Daniels. Um, that's going to be helpful to have two really big guys in the middle uh, to be able to play that nose spot. Um, and, and Ty Robinson has nose tackle size, yeah. even as a defensive end, so you could put him in the middle potentially as well on pass rushing downs um, and and then have Ben Stilley, DeAndre Thomas, uh, Jordan Riley, Phil Darius Payne, you could have the, others, the other guys go nuts. I, who is, who is do you, do you think, the most surprising guy that emerges this year on the defensive line? Who do you got there?
1: Well, I, I was immediately thinking that it was – Phil Darius Payne, just because for the reasons that we said, because you completely forgot about, it. Cause, yeah, because it was like, oh wait a minute, as I'm trying to look through yeah. guys newcomers, because you, you start to think who is someone that maybe can step in that wasn't even part of the program last year. Yeah. Well, I, you look at the freshman, and then I completely blanked on the that we had the Chuko signing with Phil Darius Payne, mm-hmm. but to go somewhere else that we haven't talked about, Mosai Newsom out of Iowa, who redshirted as a freshman. Yep. I mean, we talk about the size and we did this a lot with the offensive line, but the size of the guys on the defensive side of the ball they're also long newom six four two eighty five yeah and there're going to be some guys that can move around there. I think he might be able to to do well because now you don't have that red shirt rule he's already used the red shirt he's going to rotate in a lot more that that would be somewhere that I see is as, as a sleeper to Maybe get more than just some some spots run out there on a second down just to give someone give a guy a blow. they come out he goes right back in. I think he might get get a series or two as we go into the season
2: yeah and and from a from a you know you mentioned depth perspective uh leadership wise too uh Ben Stilley's a senior on this team yeah uh, on this in this position group he 's not really a big talker like he 'll talk to the media during the week, but he 's kind of a quieter kid he doesn't he doesn 't seem like one of the guys who's going to be leading. Um, with with a loud voice, but it just let his play do the work. Um, he may be in a position where he needs to talk a little bit more um, to be able to lead younger guys on this team, on this defensive line in particular. And then you might have a, a potential vocal leader in, Dar- in uh, Damian Daniels, uh, following yeah. in his footsteps of his older brother, Darian, who came in last year as a grad transfer uh, to maybe show him the way a little bit. I think that's going to be important, too, is to see who emerges as maybe the voice of this defensive line, not only on the field, uh, but off the field, uh, getting that message to the other players. F- Frost and the com- and, and the staff always talk about players need to lead by example. Pl- it needs to be player-led, not coach-led, and I think that's a big aspect to how the defensive line can grow.
1: And if, if we're looking at this as the possible, we're, we're obviously talking about this fall 2020, but if you project to 2021, still is your only senior. Yep. And I don't know what the draft prospects are for any of the guys that have been there three, this would be their third year. I don't know that it's that high that they would necessarily want to go. Probably not. So you're looking at, we're talking depth this year. Look at what the depth is going to be in 2021. I know we want to see things happen in 2021, but it's nice to see that depth there.
2: Yeah, and that that's something that Frost has been building You've got him entering his third year now, so it's he's going to be held accountable for that more, and, and now you have that shaping up fairly well on the defensive line. We'll, of course, explore other positions as we go through the rest of the summer here, but they're in a pretty good spot long-term, not even just short-term. Short-term, mm-hmm. obviously important for this year, and I think they're good with Daniels and Stilly and Thomas as your starters, uh, but they've got good depth, and they don't have a whole lot of seniors. They didn't have to, you know, mortgage the future of this position with a bunch of junior college guys yeah. uh, and have them all leave at once. So so they are set well for for long term. Um, surprise for me, um I, I think it would be a surprise for Nash Hutmacher to to burn his red shirt. Um Tate Wildeman is another guy we haven't talked about from Colorado. Yeah. He was a red shirt freshman. Um, I, I don't know that you'll see him play more than than Robinson or Rogers, but if you have injuries um, he'll have to step up. He's another guy uh, who's got pretty good size. Uh, Wildeman on the roster is listed at 6'5", 290. Hmm. Uh, so, th- again, size they've upgraded on the offensive line. They've done the same on the defensive line, too. So uh, you've got options. Uh, and I'll I'll throw a walk-on in there. Uh, Colton Feist yeah. from UTAN mm-hmm. uh, played for my cousin Dan over at UTAN. And so I think... That would be pretty cool if you got him a little bit of contribution once in a while, uh, if not late in a game, um, you know hopefully not injuries, but if there are injuries, you know, walk-ons can play more of a factor, so uh, maybe you can get a little bit more a little bit more of, uh, of a walk on uh, playing on the d line and and once we get further into this with position previews, Caleb, I think we'll be able to fit more of the pieces together like all right D line might be a pretty decent strength. How's that going to help? With you know breaking in potentially a new starter at outside linebacker, yes, uh, or potentially a new starter at middle linebacker, uh, or or what have you, it may be helping out the secondary, uh, getting Deontre uh, Deontay Williams back after he had that injury um, at safety. So all these pieces on the defense are going to fit together, obviously, um, and I don't know that the D line would be your strongest position. Because you suffered, uh, you suffered some losses at corner and middle linebacker in terms of a lot of playing time, mm-hmm. um, and they lost a lot of playing time on D line too. I don't know where you where you'd fall on that, and as far as the the levels of the defense,
1: it's going to take guys having to step up. And I, as you said, it, it's like a where do the puzzle pieces fit in? We're starting in the middle of a puzzle because we're strange. Don't don't start on the edges. But I think that defensive line, you're going to have to see Stilly take on an even bigger role, mm-hmm. as you talked about. You're going to have to find the linebackers that are going to fill in and you're going to have to see what comes up in the secondary. I know those are places that the coaching staff's been trying to fit. But man as we get into the season is trying to rank them like a like where everything fits in in order of where your strengths are to weakness. I think they all look like you have to wait and see some guys really really step up. Linebacker might be your best spot right now out of those 3.
2: Yeah. Yeah, could be and and you you we'll get into that as well you you might have uh you know three of those four starters pretty pretty solidly in there but there are some young guys if if they've developed if they've been able to stay healthy if they've picked up the defense um they might have something to say about that as well Uh, all right so that is uh that's our position preview uh for this week d-line uh next week we back to the offensive side of the ball uh we're going to surprise you i'm not going to say what that is it's not because i don't know what it is
1: our apologies to phil darius payne your apologies. I knew who he was. No, I'm, I'm I saying our. It's it's a show. It's a team effort. Hmm.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Caleb just lumping me in with forgetting Feldarius Payne. <laughs> Noted.
2: All right, Heinrich Harburg. Uh, he's not a part of the program yet, but he's a 2021 commit. Uh, we caught up with him May 30th, and we are going to replay that interview next here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us
0: giving you an inside look at everything huskers this is the klin husker hour on 1400 klin
2: klin husker hour here on your independence day morning july 4th hope you have a uh, great weekend hope your weekend already got started well yesterday um uh, yeah, just a good weekend to go fishing, a good weekend to, to dunk. Hey, if you want to have contests Yeah, like if
1: you that. want to have contests with other recruits, just this week actually I think I saw the the 2021 Nebraska class challenge yes. the Iowa incoming recruiting class yeah. to a fishing contest. Back when this was big though, They had started to change over to dunk contests via Twitter, and that was actually around the same time, end of May, that we caught up with 2021 quarterback commit out of Kearney Catholic, Heinrich Harburg. Here's our conversation. Right now, we're very
2: pleased to be joined by Nebraska quarterback commit for the 2021 class out of the state of Nebraska. Feels good to say that again. been a while uh, out of Kearney Catholic. Heinrich Harburg joining us here on the K-Line Husker Hour. Heinrich, good morning. Welcome to the show.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me.
2: So uh, I want to get started with this. I just want to get this out of the way. I heard that you have size 17 <laughs> shoe. Is that right?
4: Yeah. for uh, Yeah, for most cleats and shoes, I wear a size 17.
2: Where do you – they don't have those at retail stores. You have to order those, right?
4: Yeah, those are all online.
2: Does Jay Terry, Nebraska equipment manager, know this? Is he prepared for you?
4: Yeah, I think they have a special <laughs> – I don't think I'm the biggest shoe size that they've ever seen. I think they can mold shoes and whatever they need to do to get me a shoe size that fits me, so I'm not worried.
2: Yeah, good deal. Well, so I, I want to dig into a lot of stuff with you, but first off, just why Nebraska and, and why commit when you did?
4: Um, You know, it was um ever since really the first spring practice I would attended, um, it really just felt like it clicked. Um, You know, there's a lot of interest from different places, Um, you know, Clemson, Auburn. But, you know, in the end, I was looking around um, and I just couldn't see anyone else beating out Nebraska and the opportunity that they had to give me um, with the new coaching staff, the um, experience that they had with quarterbacks like me. Um, You know, I just couldn't see anyone else beating out that opportunity.
2: Heinrich Harbour joining us here, so you're a Nebraska kid. One thing that I noticed when your offer announcement went out on Twitter. Uh, you had you know that you have the standard fare, I think it was maybe be a picture of the stadium picture of a player, and you got a picture of you as a kid with Tom Osborne as well. I don't think that's uh, very common in terms of a lot of legendary coaches being in pictures with kids when they announced their offer. Uh, what, what Do you remember when that picture was taken and kind of story behind that?
4: Yeah, I think I was about eight years old, Um, you know, my dad being an alumni and, um, you know, playing for Coach Osborne had, you know, he just wanted to bring me up from Nashville. um, And we went and saw practice, Um, I actually got to throw the ball with like Jerry Crick, um, you know, and Sue, you know, signed an autograph for me or whatever. And so that, that was a really neat opportunity and experience.
1: Now, Heinrich, uh, you were waiting to get to go to a, a junior day. A lot of the times that you would get a show off, the coaching staff wanted to see you throw. What was your thought process when everything got shut down, there wasn't the offer yet, you hadn't gotten to really show out for this coaching staff? Um, what What was that time frame like for you between things really getting shut down and ahead of getting that offer on I know you were still getting other offers, but what was going through your mind, saying, "Hey, I can prove myself to this coaching staff if I get the chance."
4: Yeah, I felt confident they'd wait for me. Um, you know, they'd been pretty, they'd been pretty open to me from from really the day that you know I sat down with Coach Frost for the first time. That look, I mean, you, you're you're a big target for us. We're gonna see you throw. Um, and so I was confident that that would happen. Um, and so I wasn't worried about, you know, anything else like that. But, you know, it was um, – I didn't know if if the dead period had only gone through June. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't have an offer until probably now because Coach Frost really did want to see me throw. Um, but I think there was – uh, I sent in enough video, and he um, saw enough to uh, trust the film, is what he said.
1: Now, as we speak with Heinrich Harburg, 2021 quarterback commit out of Carney Catholic, uh, speaking of video, Heinrich, I know a lot of guys, and it seems like you're pretty good with the other recruits, a lot of guys were fishing or doing a number of those things, and then you decided to just out-athlete everybody, what what made you decide to start asking guys to show off dunk videos and then you to really just show up everyone with your dunk videos?
4: Well, I was getting out fished by about <laughs> 10 times. Um, I couldn't catch a fish to save my life. And so, um, you know, I was I was getting tired of just seeing Jalen, Noel, and Marcus Imbo and all those guys just hauling up these dragons of fish. Um, and so I had to... I had to put something on that um, you know I think I could show him up in, but I think um, I think I had a pretty good run for my money with Henry um, with that backboard breaking shack dunk.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a good one, and we've got that uh, those videos playing here. Uh, the, the slow motion was especially good for it. Now that's football, that's yeah. basketball. The season you didn't get to compete in this spring was track and field as as a team. Carney Catholic, both boys and girls defending uh, state runner-ups in Class C. I happen to be wearing that Carnic Catholic uh, state track shirt right now. Tell your mom and dad hello for me. Uh, right. What were you, high jump sprints, what were you expecting to be able to do this spring and that? Because that's one of the things this coaching staff has talked about, and you hear a lot of guys with the NFL draft when they talk about those multi-sport athletes football, being able to do some stuff in basketball, but then especially track the speedsters and athletes like yourself?
4: Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't play basketball this year. Um, I really focused in on honing my craft on, you know, getting out to Denver to train with my quarterback trainer. Um, and so track was going to be a big season for me. Um, just to kind of show the, um, how the athleticism translates. Um, I was going to, Really my goal was to run a high ten seven hundred seven700 and um, high jump six eight and um, you know, i think i think it would have surprised a lot of people but you know i really feel like those goals are realistic with um, the muscle and um, everything that i'd put on since last track season
2: heinrich harbor going us here on the k lion husker hour husker 2021 quarterback commit uh, heinrich back to some of the the other re- recruits and commits that Uh, you're talking with quarterbacks are usually uh, committing pretty early in the process and they're almost always important in the area of peer recruiting. Uh, How much have you done in terms of, you know, talking with other guys who, you know, are already in the boat, guys who aren't committed and uh, maybe who are your, uh, your top targets right now? Who are you after?
4: Well, you know, it's a different, it's a different process for everyone. Um, You know, there was, And there's some guys that don't like that. They just want to be kind of left alone. Um, And so, you know, you have to respect that. Um, You can't step across the boundary. Um, Otherwise, you come across as, you know, do I really want to – do I really want to room with this guy for four years or whatever? Um, And then there's other guys that are completely open to, you know, calling – talking to them um and so i think really the first step in that process is just kind of feeling them out um and just letting them know that look you know if you need anything you know i'll be here but you know i think one of the biggest things is letting them know look i'm not going to talk trash on the other schools recruiting you um you know i'm going to tell you what nebraska has a has to offer um at least from my perspective and um what we're going to build here
2: on the football side what have Coach Frost, Verduzco, Lubick, uh, what have they told you about your game? What are they like, and where do they see most, most improvement for you as uh, you prepare for your senior season?
4: You know, they they kind of told me, look, we're not going to coach you till you get here. Um, they want me to be a high schooler. You know, they, they told me, don't worry about putting on weight or anything like that, um, for us at least. But, um, you know, Coach Riosko says, I'm not going to coach you till you get here because, you know, I, I think you should play out your senior season like you're still in high school. Um, But, you know, I think, I think there's just, um, for me, it's just making sure that, you know, I'm not going to go for, I'm not going to try and gun for 3,500 yards passing. I'm going to go for wins, go for completion percentage and um, low interceptions like last year.
1: Heinrich, is you missed out on the spring season, and obviously things going into the summer here have more or less been closed down across the state. Now some other things are going to be able to open up with the latest directed health measure this Monday. What have your workouts looked like? What have you been able to still do over the last couple months to to get in, really stay in shape? And You got that offer, got that commitment. Now it's, like you said, how do you keep getting better for that senior season?
4: yeah well, it's been hard, no one knows this but um three days ago, I got my wisdom teeth pulled. oh, so I've lost eight pounds, and so I was dunking with no wisdom teeth, so <laughs> no one realizes that um but um yeah so i've lost I've lost a lot of weight, but um you, know, I've put on um before wisdom teeth i was I was up to the highest I'd ever been um and so I have a weight room here. Um, that I can get a lift in and then, um, you know, getting out to Denver as much as I can um, to see my quarterback trainer.
1: All right, Heinrich, we've got to get you out of here on this one, and this is mostly because I've worked with both of your parents coaching with Carney Catholic, especially your dad. Your dad was a walk-on fullback for Nebraska, and your mom track at Oklahoma State. A lot of what we talk about is where do athletes get their, their genetics and inherit their athleticism. we got to know. Is it more mom? Is it more dad on you being this kind of athlete right now?
4: I'd say neither. <laughs> they're both super short. Um, <laughs> you know, my dad's six foot, my mom's five, eight, maybe. Um, you know, yeah, they're they're both athletes. Um, but I think really it's just a blessing from God with the combination of height, size, and, and ability, I don't think. Um I think it's it's just a blessing from God.
1: I've never heard the hedge on the neither. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to come
2: with truth. If it, if it is, it is. You know, that's that's just how it is. Um. It, well, hey, uh, coming from uh, somebody who's a Loop City kid over there, and uh, I was born in Kearney. I don't live there. Didn't live there for very long, but uh, some central Nebraska here in the house, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you having uh, coming on the show. It's been a real treat, and uh, best of luck your senior season, and uh, of course when you get to Nebraska as well, Heinrich. All right, thank you for That's Heinrich Harburg. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, I still can't get <laughs> over the bus rolling of the parents. Oh, wow. Just, yeah, you know what? I'm neither one. I'm my own man. That's great. Get Good uh, good stuff. All right, so we got one more segment to get to. We're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, some Nebraska recruiting news, maybe a, a new commit on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Madden news oh, that love ties the to Madden. Nebraska. Yes. Uh, and uh, we'll wrap things up when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN.
2: Wrapping things up here on your 4th of July Saturday morning. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. and um, Shout out to our, uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Randy Meyer. No, I'm not a Yankees fan, Randy, but thanks for watching. We appreciate it. Um, hey, uh, one thing to watch here this weekend uh, or Monday. I'm not sure if it's tomorrow or Monday. I don't remember exactly the day, but uh, there's a, a four-star wide receiver who has uh, decommitted from Virginia Tech in June who is pretty high on Nebraska, and there's some some rumblings that Nebraska might be in the lead for this kid. 6'3", six, 6'4", six, wide receiver out of the Houston area, um, Latrell Neville, could be uh, could be deciding for the Huskers, and uh, I think it was three days ago. He said four days. Dot 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 yeah. on on uh, social media. So could have a uh, another one in the boat for twenty twenty one. Caleb.
1: Yeah, and we saw the overhaul of the wide receiver position. We talked about J D. Spielman not coming back, and where is your at least on the scholarship side of it? Where's your leadership for the position? It's all underclassmen. It's Wondell Robinson as a sophomore. Yep, that tells you. Although there's going to be there's a number of guys coming in this year, and you do have um, Omar Manning coming in. He'll he'll obviously be older there as as a junior college transfer. But if you're a really really talented receiver, and you can come in this year or next year, you're going to have a chance to go earn a spot early. Yeah, yeah. We talked earlier about how I think the defensive line is pretty well positioned
2: depth wise. Uh, wide receiver is just a never... It's like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. <laughs> they're never getting the wide receiver position to be in a spot where they have good depth, it seems. Hopefully they can uh, prove me wrong there. Um, and one other thing to get to, uh, Madden. There's yes. obviously no college football video game anymore, but uh, Madden decided to uh, put something out regarding their new game that they're going to have. Last year they did this for the first time. Yep, They launched the college football playoff element where you have... The ability to take a player, the road to glory thing from, mm-hmm. from days past. I'm not sure what. I think it's called Rise to Fame on Madden. Uh, you had 10 college teams that you could start your career with and then play in the playoff and then go on to get, uh, to, to, to get in, into a, uh, uh, a a draft, You know, go to the combine and, and get picked up by an NFL team and start that NFL process. There were 10 teams last year, none of whom were in the Big Ten. This year, they still have ten teams. Now they're evenly divided. There's two teams from each Power Five conference, Mm -hmm. and the Big Ten is represented by Michigan State and Nebraska. There we go. The Huskers are back in a a video game, folks.
1: So you will be able to play a couple of high school games and then choose from those ten schools, Nebraska being one of them. You can play at least two seasons in Nebraska. Apparently there's a twist that after two seasons you'll have to either do a uh, position change from quarterback to wide receiver or running back, yeah. or go pro. If you switch, switch positions, apparently you can play some more seasons in Lincoln, so you can get your NCAA football uh, buzz on there.
2: Short of finally getting the NIL thing figured out on a, uh, on a wide scale, on a uh, every player in the NCAA scale, Uh, This this might be as close as you can get to playing as Nebraska in a
1: football video game. If Madden can figure out the licensing with the schools, that's all I want. Just license with the schools, give me entirely random lineups, and let someone else go in and do the editing. And I didn't look at this cuz I'm I don't I don't buy Madden, but
2: last year I wonder if you had the full on like Clemson if you had Death Valley's stadium. That's the question uh, I you, have too. I so uh, somebody more adept than than us who still plays Madden. I look, I still play NCAA 20 uh, 2014, the 13 version yeah. on PS3. I still play that. We know that still exists for some, but anyway, the first 57 yeah. minutes were real sports. Well, yeah, and, and so were most <laughs> spring games up until this, uh, this offseason. The, the 2020 spring game was a fake sport as well. Hey, uh, enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Stay safe. If you're driving around, uh, don't run over anybody in the road because, uh-huh. man, coming back from uh, Omaha last night, there were people all over the roads in my neighborhood. Uh, be, be careful out there. Enjoy it, and uh, we will be back next week with another position preview and another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. For Caleb and Kenny, I'm Cole. Go Big Red. USA.